Uh, there's already a bit yellow blood in my in my veins. Already had a crazy 18 months here, but it just keeps on uh, keeps on going. Welcome to All in Yellow, the official Norwich City podcast. Tukey! Sensational! Who else? Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the All in Yellow podcast. Today we have our second first team player on the show. It's Scotland international and City midfielder Kenny McLean. Well, Kenny's been a key figure in the first team since he arrived in 2018. He featured in more games than any other player last season and has proved a reliable asset for Daniel Farker during his time at Carrow Road. He is, of course, also known for being a real character off the pitch, becoming a cult figure after the promotion parade in 2019. Alice and I are really looking forward to chatting with him. We really are. But before we get started, make sure you subscribe to the All in Yellow podcast as we aim to bring the best Norwich City insight out there. We're on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just search All in Yellow. And we're also on the Norwich City YouTube channel if you prefer your podcasts in visual form. So let's get cracking with the latest episode of All in Yellow with today's guest, Kenny McLean. Kenny, an absolute pleasure to have you with us on All In Yellow today. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? Thank you. Now, I want to start with taking you back to life before Norwich. You started out at Rangers Academy, didn't you? Just tell us about that. Yeah, I did. Um, obviously, originally from Glasgow. So, you know, when, when it's Glasgow and when it's football, it's Rangers or Celtic. And I was fortunate enough to to um, be in the academy, the, the one of them that I supported. So, it was good for me at the time growing up. Obviously, it was... It was where you wanted to be, and um, unfortunately, at the time it just didn't go didn't go as planned. It was obviously a good couple of years there, but you know when you get to that age that you're you're wanting to progress, and things didn't work out for me. I was I was about four stone, soaking wet, and I just I was quite small as well. So it was it was um, it seemed to be an issue when I was there at Rangers, um, you know, and I think we just came to the conclusion that we'd move on from there. But it was it was good at the time. Um, obviously, being in at Murray Park, the, the training ground, the facilities and that were excellent. But, you know, I was getting to that age where I had to make a decision and, you know, I had to go with my, my head over my heart. Who were some of the players, Kenny, that you were rubbing shoulders with at Rangers while you were there? Well, when I was younger, there's not, in terms of first team players. Yeah, potentially, or players that went on to make it in the first team. So the, to be honest, there wasn't too many in my age group that were not any, that were not to play for the first team. That was when I was what? That was when I was before I was fourteen, roughly fourteen. So it was it was way before. Um, obviously, I started playing, but not none of the players really played. But the, obviously, the first team boys back then were were like big names, like Barry Ferguson's and that. That's the kind of a player that I looked up to, and obviously supporting Rangers, I was desperate to go on and play there, but it didn't materialise like that, um, unfortunately at the time. But, you know, in the end, it all worked out for me. Did you have a plan B then? You say that you kind of knew it wasn't going to materialise for you at Rangers. What was your other plan? Well, you, you, you start to get get that feeling that things aren't working out for you, you know, and at that age, and you, you don't feel, um, maybe not wanted, I think that's a bit strong, but you don't feel as part of the plans as other players at the time and you just you just want to play football and for me as I say I, I hadn't grown hadn't filled out yet and I was very slight and I always believed in my ability but that that held me back a little bit when I was younger so at the time um, I moved on I moved on in the I think it was about February time where 
you know, you get to that age where you need to start looking at going full time. You know, I was going to leave school. I just turned, I think I was 15. I was younger in school. So I was about 15 and I was looking to go full time. And I realised Rangers wasn't really an option. So it was about February time and I had to give myself a couple of months to go and try and earn a contract somewhere else. And that's when I spoke to St Mirren at the time. David Longwell was my, my coach there. And um, after one session, he had said that there was going to be a contract there for me. So, you know, I was very fortunate in that sense that, you know, they put a bit of faith in me. Was there ever a point where you were worried that it wouldn't progress into first-team football? And you, you mentioned being at school there. What was Kenny McLean like at school? Was there ever another career path that you could have taken? Um, I mean, I mean, there always is the doubts that you might not go on to be, to be you know, successful in football. It's, you know, you need to work very hard on the chances of doing it at that age. Everybody wants to do it, so, you know, not everybody can be there. And when you get that setback of, you know, Rangers didn't didn't want me really. So it was, you know, I did have the doubts in my mind and it was, you know, it was tough. But, you know, I quickly moved on. And when I did and I got that opportunity pretty soon, then the doubts kind of went away and I was back to focusing on um, playing football again and enjoying it. And at the time I was leaving school and I think for all parties, it was, it was the best, the best thing for me. I, I wasn't, I wasn't bad but I wasn't an ideal student I don't think um, and at that time I think everybody knew that I was wanting to leave school and you know everybody says they want to go and try and be a footballer and I was the same that's what that's all I was saying and there wasn't really any other option for me you know I'm I wasn't stand out at anything in school Um I would have been going into some sort of trade I'm sure if if I didn't make it and that's what I, when I went to St Mirren I actually ended up when when I was youth team at St Mirren, doing my scholar, they put you in college one day a week, on the Wednesday, which is which is pretty good to be fair. Um, and I was doing like construction kind of a stuff, and I was I was terrible. I quickly quickly knew I had to um, knuckle down at the football and, and make it there. And you did, and your chance for regular football came with St Mirren, but you also had a loan spell. Was it Arbroath? How did that come about? Yeah, that was. Um, that was quite a hard time, actually. It was at the time the first team, the first team manager was Gus McPherson, the assistant manager was Andy Millen. And Andy was mates with the Arbroath manager. So that's how that kind of came about. Um they felt it was right for me to go and, you know, play football down the leagues. And I was starting to grow a bit, but I still hadn't really, really matured as a player of that. And that was that was where I, I went and got a, a real shot because it was that was tough. I mean, I was I was training twice, twice a week at night. I was travelling to train, and then we played. Um, probably it's probably about two hours from Glasgow, where about an hour and a half from Glasgow, where we played. And I used to go on a Saturday, and it was it. Uh, I mean, it, nobody in England will know, but in Scotland, everybody knows Arbroath Stadium, Gayfield. It's right on. It's right on the water, and you know, on a Saturday, come three o'clock, the corner flags are horizontal with the wind, and it was, it was a bit of a reality checking. You know, after a couple of games, I was thinking to myself, what's happening here? Um, I'm, I think, I don't know, I was 17, maybe 17, 18. Growing men kicking me up and down the pitch. And, you know, at the time I thought, what what am I doing? But looking back, it, it definitely did help me. Um, you know, it brought me on and that's why St Mirren done it at the time. So that guy who was four stone soaking wet suddenly had to hit the gym, put on a bit so he could uh, mix it with the big boys. Yeah, very quickly. And just, just before I went on loan, actually, 
I, I got surgery on my knee and I was out for six months, which gave me that opportunity to, that's when I, that's when I realized I, I really had to get in the gym and stuff. And, and it sounds bad, but that injury helped me so much because I was in the gym constantly. Um, and I'd been at St. Mirren for, for about a year then. And I, and I kind of, a realized that, you know, people higher up, I was playing under 19s, but people higher up, um, had faith in me and they wanted me to progress. So they were telling me what I had to do. And I was still, still pretty slight and that injury really helped me fill out and, and get myself ready. Well, as ready as I could have been to go on loan to a team like that. Just having those six months out as well, sidelined through injury, does it kind of reinforce your love for football? I'm, I mean, I'm sure you already had it, but does it kind of put things into perspective and in how much you just want to be back out playing? A hundred percent. And especially when it's long term, even when it's short term, I mean, I've just had an injury for a couple of weeks there and it's like, you, you, you take things for granted, like just going out and training and, and being with the lads and stuff. When, you, when you're sitting in the treatment room and you're watching the boys go and training, you know, you're sitting at, three o'clock on Saturday watching the boys running out of the tunnel. It's it's tough. That is tough. And um I just try to use that time as well as I could to make me better and to progress me. And I honestly think it did looking back now, I think that that gave me a decent enough platform to go on. Yeah. And then you obviously came back to St Mirren. Am I right in thinking that our growth were relegated? You said there were some tricky times. Yeah, so that that's what probably made me really stand up and, and realise where I was at the time and appreciate it more because, you know, the, these guys were coming, the guys I was playing with were coming from their work, you know, straight from work to training and I, and I was turning up um, and it was tough for them. It, it was tough and we got relegated that year and basically, selfishly I was just thinking I'm just going to go back to St Mirren that's me my, my time's done here but then in the changing room after that last game you're looking about and there's grown men you know like properly hurt I, I, of course I was hurt but not the way they eat. This, this, this was affecting their livelihood and it was you know it made me made me look at it and say like I need to go and do as well as I can I need to give everything to to be as successful as possible because no disrespect but I didn't want to be there at the, like, you know at that time and and it was tough, as I say, these guys coming straight from work to go to training, you know, giving up the Saturdays, of course, everybody wants to do it. But, you know, and they weren't earning a lot of money and it was it was tough. They were, they were doing it to help their income and to pay bills. And that's the way it was. And when we got relegated, obviously affected everybody. And I was there just thinking, I'm going back to St Mirren and I'm finished here, which was pretty selfish. But it was it, it definitely helped me in the sense of, you do need to appreciate everything you've got. So there's a little bit of adversity there already in your early career with the injury and then experiencing that situation that probably must then spur you on to think, okay, I need to get to a certain level here just for security, first of all, but then to guarantee a future career in football. Yeah, of course. As I say, it's it's the things you need to appreciate. I was I was going to training, you know, every morning doing doing what I loved and these guys were coming straight from 12 hour shifts to then go and train for two hours and go home to their families at 10 o'clock at night having left the house at I don't know what seven eight in the morning and as I say like no disrespect but that's not what I wanted to do and I saw the struggle for these guys you know some not making training some coming absolutely shattered and it, it was tough for them and it made it opened my eyes to 
what I wanted to achieve and, you know, how hard I had to work to go there. It must have been a big contrast then when you did come back to St Mirren. You've gone from playing with players that, as you say, it's a lot of them, it's the second job, uh, to some of the best players in Scotland that you're playing with and against. How did you kind of deal with that? Because it must have been quite weird, the, the shift. I, I got lucky in that sentence well, where when I was on loan at Broth, I was still training at St Mirren. And I kind of promoted myself into training with the first team most days. So um, that that was like a good transitional period for me where, you know, when I came back, I was ready to kind of a step in and, you know, and fight for my place. Really, I was still young and, you know, with a decent enough team then, but I was confident in my own ability and I felt like I could have went back and, you know, I'm, I'm giving back off the back of a an average loan spell and getting relegated, of course, but... I always felt like I could go and, and do a decent enough job for St Mirren and I think the manager and that had the belief in me at the time. Um, you know, it's a, it was a bit of a jump from youth team football to first team football as it still is, but back then it was tough, you know, the, the chances were, were very limited. Um, but, you know, for me it was, it was excellent and, you know, Youth team, youth team was hard. You know the way we were brought up and stuff. I think it made you ready and appreciate going into the first team changing because it was there was some there was some tough times. You had your time at St Mirren, and then Aberdeen came along. How did that all come about? I was I was playing at St Mirren for for a few years actually, and you know I, I loved it there. Obviously, I got got more opportunity there, and I really enjoyed it. But um, that season, we were kind of around about the bottom of the table again. Um, I think we had two managers had the sack that, that year. A player stepped in, he was the manager. So it was tough times at the club. Um, and I, I kind of I felt like I had to move on to try and progress myself. Um, again, it, my time at the club was excellent and I really enjoyed it. But then you kind of know as a player, like you, you need something different and something new. And, you know, we, we were losing most weeks and it, it was tough. Um, and that was in the, so the January came and we were sitting at the bottom of the table and I didn't want to just, you know, walk away from St. From St. Mirren and leave them in that position. But I think it was, it was just right for me at the time. And Aberdeen came, the chance came to go to Aberdeen and I'd done another couple of offers as well down south. But I just felt like when I met the Aberdeen manager that it would be really good for me a um, couple of hours up the road. And that, that actually ended up happening on the last day of the window. And I, and I was panicking a bit because I was really wanting to get it done because it was, it was a good club and um, obviously the manager was wanting me up there. And I ended up getting it done the last day of the window. I'd, the last day of the window, I'd woke up to loads of missed calls from my agent and I was panicking, but thankfully we went and got everything done. So then when you went up to Aberdeen, um, how were you welcomed by the players there? Did they know much about you? Was it a different setup to St Mirren? I'd played against them plenty of times, so I knew, um, I knew a lot of their players and stuff like that um I think we played them the week before actually so um I, I knew them well enough as I say the manager was from Glasgow where I was from so I got on really well with him and but going in going in January to a club you know I, you hear it all the time and it takes players time to set in January windows tough and I never really looked at it that way I just felt like I'm just going to go different team and I'll just you know, continue playing the way I've been playing. And it didn't work like that, to be honest with you. Um, my f from January to the end of the season, my form was poor. You know, I hadn't really settled in the team. I wasn't I wasn't doing well. And, you know, for whatever reason, it, 
I was affected somehow by the move and how things came about. Um, so that was that was pretty tough when I went up there for the first few months. You know, I went and you know it wasn't a lot of money, but Aberdeen had paid money for for the first player in, in quite a long time, and there was, there was a bit of an expectation there, and I just wasn't wasn't fulfilling that expectation. I wasn't giving back, um, you know, what they had put in me at the time. So that that first few months was tough, but after that, um, you know, when I got a good pre-season with the boys and stuff, and I got to know everybody, I, I kind of uh, came back that summer and I felt pretty good. How do you deal with that pressure? You say you had the expectation kind of on your shoulders and, and with them having paid the money for you. Is, is there a sense of, you know, using kind of a sports psychologist or how, how do you deal with that? I've never been, been into stuff like that, but I just felt... At the time, looking back, maybe I should have looked into it more, but I just felt like it'll come. Like I was, I don't know, I was a bit, maybe a bit arrogant to think, you know, my ability will come through and I, I'll be fine. But, you know, it went on far too long. It was probably four or five months where I wasn't playing good enough. And, you know, that could have been, I've saw players at clubs for less time. That could have, you know, the manager could have just basically cut his losses and got rid of me in that summer because when we came back this summer we played um, in Scotland we came back quite early for the we were in Europe at the time so we were back like middle of June it was it was really we only got a few week break and when we came back in the June we played the European qualifiers and I wasn't you know I wasn't part of the, the start of living in the first couple of games and um, you know the first game of the season came and we used to play Thursday and then Sunday. You know, the European games were Thursdays. And I wasn't playing in the European games. So the, the team got changed for the Sunday game. And I actually played and scored. And we won 1-0. And I think that was that was the, the making of me at Aberdeen. Because after that, I went on a pretty decent run. You know, I scored a few in Europe after that as well. So I think I got my chance pretty... I was pretty lucky, to be fair, because the team did get changed. Because we had such a quick turnaround from Thursday to Sunday. You make your own luck, don't you? And you obviously took your opportunity there as well, didn't you? But what was it like playing in the Europa League? It, it was good. It was tough. The first couple of rounds, you usually get teams that you don't really, you've not really heard of, you know, um, Scandinavian teams and teams from some mad countries. Um, we went to Kazakhstan and played. We played away in Kazakhstan one game. But it was good that, that you know, I, I loved that. Um, you know, we used to travel all over and play some some decent games. The year before I went, they played teams like Real Sociedad. Um, when I was there, we played Limassol. Um, so there, there was some pretty decent names, but we always just fell at the final hurdle before you got to the group stages. That's when the, like, the, the better teams came in, um, and we always kind of fell at that hurdle. But it, it was obviously a great experience. I always wonder when you get to go into all these countries, you know, when you're in Europe or something like that, how much of a country does a footballer get to see or are you flown in, <laughs> get on the bus, into the stadium and you're off again? Yeah, it's, you don't see too much, to be honest. The, the furthest you'll get is a five-minute walk the day of the game, but um, it, it was just good experiences. It was always, um, you know, it was always good to go, like, we went to, we played a team in Cyprus one year. And it was can't like there was you know it was early rounds of the the Europa League. It doesn't sound like big games, for, but for these countries, there was sellout crowds and there was flares getting through on the pitch, and it was it was pretty mad to be fair. And it was as I say, it was just a good experience, and it was something you you just want to be involved in. You know, you, if you speak about European games, then it's it's, it's quite a big deal. 
and I was fortunate enough to play in quite a few at Aberdeen. So you had some some great times at Aberdeen, and I think was it three seasons in a row where you finished runners up to Celtic? That must have been pretty special. Yeah, we did. Um, obviously in Scotland, it's Rangers and Celtic, and that's all everybody really knows. But the year um, the year I went to Aberdeen, I think that was the year Rangers came back up the leagues and they were back mm-hmm. in they were back in the Premier League. So it was uh, everybody just thought it was going to be a formality, like just you know Rangers would be back to challenging Celtic. And obviously we wanted to to prove that we were still a decent team. And, you know, for the three years that I was there, we finished second and we, you know, we finished ahead of Rangers, who still weren't quite, you know, what they could have been. Everybody knew that. They weren't as good as um, what they had been previously and what they are now. But, you know, we took full advantage of that. And, um, you know, there were, my last season there, we actually got second on the, the last day of the season. We beat, Rain, uh, we beat Celtic at Parkhead to, I don't know whether they... They helped us with that result, but <laughs> we beat Celtic, uh, Rangers to second place. Um, so it was it was good. It was quite successful. You know, I was a bit gutted not to to maybe add a, a cup or something because we made um, quite a lot of cup finals and stuff like that. And we were we were always disappointing them, but it, it was good times. Uh, it was interesting. Alice and I had Neil Adams on the podcast a few weeks ago, who's obviously the loans manager, uh, and he was talking about how. It, they're select, so selective in where they're sending players to go out on loan. It's got to be the right club. And obviously, James Madison went out to Aberdeen. And I think you spent some time with him probably, I think, in that 2017 at the start of that yeah. year. What do you think it is about the club Aberdeen that Neil Adams and our club would have gone, yeah, that's somewhere we want to send someone to progress? Um, probably the manager, to be honest with you. As, as it stands right now, the manager, um, he's brilliant. He, you know, they, they play some good stuff. There's obviously an expectation at the club as well. You know, probably until I was there as well, I didn't realise the expectation it was, was there. It's a big club and, you know, when we finished second, maybe the first year, teams were thinking, right, Aberdeen, they've, they've done okay this year, they'll fall off it. But the expectation was always there from the fans. There was one year where I think we were, we might have been top of the league February time, February, March time. Celtic had a couple games in hand. But we were sitting top of the league at the time and, you know, the expectation within the city because, you know, Aberdeen's just a one-club city. So, you know, everywhere you go, everybody knows who you are and stuff. So the expectation started being, you know, challenge Celtic. And that's that's what it was. It was an expectation to win every week there from the fans, you know, from the city, from, from the club. And, you know, you want to, if you go on loan, you want to have that, that winning mentality, really. And as I say... Add that to, you know, an excellent manager, excellent coaching staff who you'll definitely learn under them. Because that's when you go on loan, you, you go out to, to learn and credit, progress as a player and obviously get football. And I think that's what Mather's done as well. He went up there and I'm sure he'll tell you he enjoyed his time there. You had some really successful years in Scotland. Was the dream, though, always to move to England? How did Norwich come about? Because obviously you then ended up going back out on loan to Aberdeen. But, but just tell us how that came around. My contract was up that summer, so I, you know, for a long time I'd known that I was I was going to move on, um, and it was just about picking the right club for me, really, because I'd had the opportunity to go before then, and n- looking back now, it's obviously worked out good for me. I'm at Norwich, you know, I'm loving it here, but I, I kind of I think I maybe should have moved the year before um, and came to England. You know, obviously I I love my time at Aberdeen there, but 
I think I could have come down to England maybe a year or two earlier. And the opportunity was there, but just maybe not the right club. So my, my had you had offers up, from other clubs in England at that point then? Yeah, so uh, there was there was a couple of couple of options where I went, but I just didn't feel I didn't feel the club was right, and I and enjoyed myself at Aberdeen. So you know I didn't want to go somewhere where where I felt wasn't right for me and leave somewhere that I was enjoying. But I I knew that I was going to run my contract down at, well at the time. Um, and, and Aberdeen knew that as well. I'd, I'd let them know pretty soon. You know, we'd we'd spoken about contracts, but I says it was, you know, my time was kind of a kind of up there, and I, I wanted to try something different. And you know, they were they were great with that. To be honest with you, they understood my position and understood that I wanted to go and try and, you know, test myself elsewhere and down in England. So, in the January, obviously, you can sign a pre-contract somewhere, and that was that was a plan. That was a plan at the time. So I'd spoke to a few clubs and about a pre-contract. Um, and then Norwich wanted to get it done pretty soon. So when I came down, you know, I met everybody. Went to a game. I think it was the, I went to the the Chelsea game, the Chelsea Cup game at home. I was I was down at that game. You know, I met Stuart, met the manager. Um, and I've, I've just, he, Football's always safe, but you get that feeling with a club. You, you really do when you when you meet the people about the club. And when I came here, I just, you know, I got that feeling. And it was from then it was it was the only place I wanted to be. And you know, it was it was pretty plain sailing getting it done. And it wasn't until pretty late on and getting a deal done that we decided that I would go back to back to Aberdeen because, you know, obviously that was the we were going through quite a transitional period at Norwich. You know, the manager obviously came in that year and we just felt it was right for me to go and keep playing because I was doing okay. And maybe if I came down in that January, it would have took me, you know, a couple of months to get in the team and then I've lost a couple of months of playing. So went back out on loan and, you know, I've done pretty well when I went back out on loan, but I always had one eye on coming back. And I spoke a lot to Neil and stuff and kept in contact with him, so it was good. Was that a weird feeling, knowing that you've got this exciting new time, you, you know, you've finally chosen the club that you see suits you in England, but yet it's not quite getting started because you've, you're not really saying farewell to your manager and teammates in Aberdeen because you're going back there. Was that slightly difficult to kind of deal with or were you happy because it suited all parties? Well, happy because it suited all parties. I think that was the, that was the main thing. Everybody was happy with the outcome. Um, you know, there was... Aberdeen were, were happy, genuinely happy for me. You know, when, when players leave clubs, sometimes the club can be a bit, you know, sour towards the move or a bit bitter, but ha- Aberdeen were genuinely happy for me. Um, I was happy with the deal that I got. Obviously, Norwich wanted to sign me, so, you know, everybody seemed happy with what they had. And I think with me going back to Aberdeen, you could see that because that was probably the best six months I had at Aberdeen. When I went back there, in a way, I knew I had secured the next three years of my career. I signed a three-year deal at the time, so it was it was good for it was good for me, and you know I, I could really relax and enjoy my football, and that's what I've done that last few months. That's interesting. Aberdeen sounds like a really nice club, but when you were back there on loan, and obviously you you were a Norwich City player, were you keeping an eye on results? Had you met any of the current squad and were chatting with them? How's it going? What's it like? Norwich and Aberdeen end up with a good relationship through it because. 
if we played Saturday, Saturday, then Aberdeen would allow me a couple of days and I would come down and train with the boys a couple of times, you know, so it was a bit familiar when I came in the summer. Got to know the boys well. Um, so when I, when I mentioned that time when I went to Aberdeen and I went in a new changing room and I, I struggled for the first few months, that was different when I came to Norwich because I'd met all the boys, you know, months previously. Um, I'd settled, I knew everybody, I knew what went on at the club. So I think that really helped me um, in a sense when I was coming down. I think I came down maybe three or four times between the January and the end of the season, you know, to get some training sessions in with the manager, with the players and obviously get to know everybody. How much did that help your family as well? I mean, I don't know if, if you're married or whether you had a girlfriend or a wife or, or whatever, but did, did you kind of have time to get to know the area and for your partner to settle in and, and get to sort of experience a bit of Norwich? Did that really help having that extra time? Yeah, so that, that was obviously another thing with me getting the opportunity to come down. The, funnily enough, there's, there's flights from Aberdeen to Norwich most days. So we would we would fly down and look at places and stuff like that. So as we were ready to go and we were ready to get settled in the summer. And, you know, we, we had that opportunity. As I say, Aberdeen were excellent with me in terms of allowing me to, to go and do stuff like that. So I was doing that. I was coming down, training with the boys, you know, getting to meet everybody and knowing what happens and about the club. I came to another couple of games between then and the end of the season. Um, and obviously I was looking for a place and a house to, to settle, which I got... I got done, which um, there's people in Nord like Phil Lithgow and stuff like that who are excellent at what they do and they, they help you settle in and get everything sorted for you. Norwich finally had you and you were obviously excited to be here, but you suffered quite a nasty injury just, just a few weeks in, so it wasn't wasn't a great start for you. How did you deal with that? Yeah, that was, that was probably the toughest, toughest part of my career that I've had, to be honest with you. Um, so I... I, I Done really well in pre-season. Got a good pre-season under my belt. Um, it was the... I think you played two two league games and then there's a cup game at the start of the season and it was in the cup game. Um, I actually came on in the cup game and after about five minutes there was a challenge. And I, I kind of knew myself I'd done something but I got through the game. I don't know whether it affected me, made it worse or whatever, but I got through the game and then as soon as the game finished... I was in the treatment room and I, I knew I'd done something pretty serious. Um, so to come and then after a couple couple games to find yourself, you know, out for a a long time, um, it was tough for me. Obviously, my partner and that had just moved out as well, and you know, I was sitting on my backside for a couple months. Well, if as such a, a difficult period as an injury like that can be for a player. How did Norwich look after you, obviously both your recovery physically, but also your well-being during that time? You're in a new place and suddenly, you know, everything grinds to a halt. How, how did they look after your general well-being? Yeah, well, it's, it's quite easy to get down in a situation like that. And to be honest with you, I was for a bit. But, you know, when you're coming in, the, the main thing for me at that time is we were winning on the pitch. So, it, you know, that lifted me up right away. We, we were doing really well. Um, on the pitch, and obviously I was still going to all the games. Me and my partner—that's that was like a thing to do. We were just going to the games um, and getting out and about. And you know, the injury just seemed to drag on so much long. Initially, I had a had a tear in a, a ligament in my ankle, and you know, I was told ten weeks. So during the recovery, um, when I was getting back to fitness, I got a, a major setback, and I ended up getting surgery. 
after about 10 weeks or so. So, you know, the, initially we were looking at eight to 10 weeks and then after 10 weeks I was getting surgery. So it was, it was, it was really tough at the time. Um, and again, after six months of my Norwich career, I'm thinking I played two games here. Like, what you know? Why would they? Why would they kind of want to keep me? And I've I've done nothing here um, to to earn my place here. You know, and the January window was coming up, um, and I don't know whether they're going to bring players in in my position or whether they want me to move on. But I got fit for the January, um, and fortunately for me, I. You know, I got a couple of cup games under my belt, done pretty well, and you know, from then on in, it was it was pretty good. How much is that in the back of your head? Obviously, you're trying to focus on your return from injury, but as you say, the window is coming round. How much do you focus on the competition that you might be facing, or do you try and block that out and think, no, this is just about me and my fitness? You you do need to look after yourself, of course you do, um, and you need to. You need to always just have a goal that you want to get back playing as soon as possible. But um, it would have been quite easy for the easy for the club to go and you know bring in another midfielder in my position. Um, you know, I'd, I'd played two games and I'd I'd been injured for the rest of it. Do you know what I mean? They they had um, put faith in bringing me to the club and I hadn't I hadn't repaid that. Um, and it took its time, but you know, thankfully for me, I got fit. You know, the manager was excellent with me, um, and everybody at the club was so. You know, that, that made it better for me. You know, I always felt wanted. And that's a big thing at a club. If you if you feel like you're getting pushed out the door, then it can be it can be tough. But I always felt wanted at a club. Even when I was injured, I was obviously always with the boys and close contact with the with the manager. And I would still be in because I was still learning the way the manager wanted to play. So I would still be going in meetings and stuff and, and seeing what was happening on a daily basis. So, you know, the goal was always for me to get my head down and try and get in the team as soon as possible. But it would have been quite easy for Norwich to go and, you know, just replace me, really. When you got back into the team, when you, when you got back to fitness, what was your brief from the manager? What did he say, right, Kenny, we've got you fit and raring to go. Here's what I want you to bring to what was already starting to look like a promising season. Well, well at the time, it was, uh, my first game back was a cup game. Uh, it was Portsmouth in the cup. We lost 1-0 at Carra Road, if you can remember. And... You know, the manager always makes a few changes in the cup. Um, through, you know, over the last couple of years, he's always done that. Not to, you know, weaken the team of that, but obviously freshen things up and, you know, get minutes in players' legs. And originally my plan was, and and everybody's plan, the physios and, you know, the the sports science and stuff, was to for me to play maybe an hour in the game and get, get some good work in my legs. And I think I played two two reserve games before that, 45 minutes maybe. So then I played the Portsmouth game and the plan was 60 minutes. And after I think it was 10 minutes, Granty got sent off and I ended up playing 90 minutes with 10 men. So um, I worked a bit harder than I should have, but you know I felt really good. And from then on in, um, I was back in the manager's plans. You know He was happy with what I was doing. And you know I just had to wait in my, my chance in the league. And in the league, that chance obviously came and you more than repaid that faith. I think it was mid-February that you came back in and then you played every game in the title run-in um, to winning, you know, promotion to the Premier League. That must have felt absolutely remarkable from where you came from to where you were by the end of the season, celebrating as the Mayor of Norwich on the City Hall. <laughs> yeah, well, again, I mentioned earlier the, the bit of luck that I got um, 
at Aberdeen getting in the team and stuff like that. And it, it was pretty similar at Norwich. I got a bit of luck again because if you remember back to that that run we had, we had a few injuries and it seemed to be midfielders. So we had a couple of midfield injuries and that's what actually got me my, my opportunity, to be honest with you. Um, I think Mario, Moritz and Tetz were all injured. Um, and I played, it was the Bolton away game. We played Bolton away and not many people remember it, but I did actually miss a penalty in that game. We weren't going to mention that, actually. We, we won 4-0 <laughs> and I set one up and I'd done pretty well. Um, you know, and from, from then on in, I just kind of grew in confidence and, you know, I started to earn my spot in the team, although I got in through, you know, an injury and I got a bit of luck with that, but I started to earn my spot in the team. Felt pretty comfortable and, you know, I kept improving um, as the rest of that season went on and obviously... You know, the rest was history, as they say. That must have been one of the, your favourite periods of your career so far because every time we turned up at Carrow Road or, or went to an away game, there was just there was sort of magic in the air during during those few months. It must have been incredible to be part of as a player. If you think back at it now, it was pretty it was crazy the way things went. You know, the last-minute goals, the, the way games were going. Everything just kind of clicked into place for us. Um, you know, the only... We, we were in such a high that whole that whole running, except one game, the Stoke away game. That's that's the one that sticks in my mind. The Stoke away game, we drew two each, um, and we we battered them the first half, and you know it looked like it was going to be another three points pretty comfortably. They came out second half, and they were two one up. Pookie scored late, but at the end of the game, we've got bodies lying across the pitch, like we just be like we'd just been relegated. Boys were so down and disappointed. Um, and we drew a couple in a row there, so I think I don't know if boys were starting to think like we were kind of a blown a chance here. But on the way back from that game, Brentford played Leeds, so that was the later kickoff. I think it was half five. That was the later kickoff. So we went back. We drove to the airport to fly back. Um, obviously Leeds were were sent to us at the time, um, and they were our main challengers. And Brentford actually beat Leeds that game, and it was like we went. From half time, so high, I think we'll get three points lower than a snake's belly. And then that was somehow it wasn't one of our results that kind of lifted us again. It was it was Brentford winning that kind of gave us like what we're still in a really good position here. And um it, there was about ten minutes to go and we were all sitting in the bus outside the airport, you know, and the flight was leaving in about twenty minutes and we had to go and nobody would leave the bus until the final whistle went. Um so that was pretty good and it was uh there was a small celebration on the bus. That was, I remember it, uh, I was there and we, we were on the way home and it did feel like, oh, this might actually go wrong. We were looking so good. And as you said, we just get down the road and we're at the first service station and suddenly, oh, we're, we're almost mathematically guaranteed promotion. It was yeah. such a roller coaster of an afternoon. Yeah, it was. That was, that was one I always look back on. And um, as I say, boys lying on the ground at Stoke away and, you know, we were still sitting top of the league. And after a disappointing result, we ended up in a better position. So it was it was a good day, that one. And the team spirit was incredible, wasn't it, for everyone to see that season, as it is this season. But, but what makes that? To, to be honest, when you're winning, it's, it just happens that, you know, we've got a great dressing room, of course we do. Um, we've got some good characters and a real togetherness. But when you're winning, that just grows. You know, that momentum just follows on from week to week. And that's what was happening then. Um, we were winning every week 
just enjoying ourselves. We, you know, we were desperate for the next game to come round. And the way the games were going just made it even better. You know, the last-minute goals, you know, of course you don't want it to be that nervy, but when you get the last-minute goals, it's it's pretty special. Um, I think it was the the Sheffield Wednesday free kick, Mario's free kick in the last minute. Um, we've got Pete the kit man, 20 stone <laughs> running down the touchline. Um, so, so things like that, everybody was just pulling in the, the one direction. Everybody was so desperate for success. Um, you know, and it was it was just great to, to get it done. And you you definitely enjoyed the celebrations, didn't you? How, how did you end up with that hat on your head? Um, it was... <laughs> It was a it was a few beers too much. I think that was that was the main um, the main thing. It was obviously we we went out the night we won the league, and then bus parade was the next morning. Uh, I don't think I, I slept too much, and then we went to the to the town hall, and obviously we got called out. And I think we were in two or threes. We got called out, and on the way out, then the the mayor was obviously with the hat on and. I don't know, it just seems like a pretty good idea to just fire it on my head and out I went. I read that you said it looked appealing. <laughs> it, uh, it was appealing, that big feather coming out of the top just looked pretty good. So it looked um, good. Yeah, it was fun at the time. That was the headlining uh, f- from that event. It was all over Sky Sports News. It was you ringing a bell and, and <laughs> declaring that you were going to give us all a day off during the week or something like that. You're making up the rules. It yeah, was, I was... Um, well, the first time I saw it was watching it back so I couldn't remember too much of it, to be honest. And that was obviously a great season. And then the next season didn't go quite as to plan, obviously. But you had some special moments. I believe you scored the opener, didn't you, in the win over the City. What, what were your favourite moments of that season, the brightest parts? Yeah, well, you know, we, we, were, we were always going to be up against it coming up. Um, newly promoted teams always are. Um, and we came up that season. And we, we always believed that we could, we could definitely stay in the league. That was... That was never in doubt. Um, we knew we had a good team. We 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 fancied ourselves to to do pretty well. And I think the way we started the season, everybody really, you know, took notice of us and says they, they could be decent this season. Um, you know, the Newcastle game at home. Um I think we drew with Chelsea, we might have just lost to Chelsea. And then we had the City game. And when we beat City, I think people were, you know, then putting us out their mouths when they were speaking about relegation. It, you know, it wasn't a wasn't a thing they were mentioning anymore, but that was a highlight for me. Obviously, um, the the noise when the noise when my header went in to put his one up was incredible, and that gave us belief in that game. And then we went two another. We were like, wait a minute, we've got a really good chance here. And then I think we, I don't know, I don't. It's hard to say, but I don't know if we get a bit complacent, a bit carried away. But we went on a bad run after that, and. We just couldn't recover. We were always playing catch up. It was it was still in your grasp though when everything changed in March and the league stopped. When you came back and were playing behind closed doors, I was lucky enough to be in the stadium to watch the games. But it, it felt a little bit different when you went behind. Normally, the stadium would erupt and all of those fans would give you a little lift and, and, and a push to get yourselves back in. It just felt a little bit different that you guys were missing that support when you probably need it most. Would you say that was fair? Yeah, I think that is pretty fair. Um, we, we struggled a lot after lockdown. And it seemed like 
I don't want to say the belief had gone, but when we did go one down in games, it was like, you know, how are we getting back into this game? And, you know, from our point of view, that's that's disappointing saying that and looking back and saying that because, you know, we're, we're in a position where we, you know, we're playing the Premier League, we've, we've still got a fighting chance here and it just, you know, we didn't put up a good enough fight at the time. And that and that's obviously disappointing to say and obviously at the time everybody was given everything but you know we just we're just missing that bit and it and I think it was the fans. Yeah, and obviously there was a lot of pressure playing at such a high level, but did you enjoy playing in the Premier League? How did it feel? I did the thing is, most games throughout the season we were always competitive. We were always in the games, you know, we would never I think one or two if you if I think back, the Man United game at Old Trafford, where we were we were miles off it, they battered us, and Wolves at Molyneux. That was the two games where I think we can say, right, we, we got blown away. But other than that, I think we were always in games. So it's not like, obviously the, the disappointment was always defeat, but you always had that belief because you were always in games. Um, going back to middle of that season in the December, we played eight games and I think we were ahead in six of them at half time. You know, and that was that was where I think our problem was, um, you know, game management and stuff like that. And maybe that does come with experience on that level. Because if you're ahead at six games out of eight at half time, you've got to win minimum half of them. I think we won one. We won one of the games, which is, uh, to be honest with you, it's not good enough. And you don't deserve to, to stay in the league if that's what your form's going to do. But, you know, it's just disappointing. And I think maybe that little bit of experience does come in then, you know, game management and, you know, how to see games out and get, get points on the board. And I think that's where we we were really hot that December. The the club really got, you know, some compliments for the way that, that you played, which must have been quite nice to hear as well. But obviously it didn't work out. But people talk a lot about the hangover coming down from the Premier League to the Championship. But this season, we've just not had that at all. Why do you think that's been the case? Obviously, at the time of talking right now, flying high at the top it's been going it couldn't be going get better could it yeah um especially the 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 way we did finish last season it was so disappointing and it would have been easy for us to come in and say you know what we we had to go to the premier league uh, and feel sorry for ourselves but you know with the manager and the staff in charge it's never going to be the case you know we were in we were right back on it and uh, we were working you know, so hard. We only had a couple of weeks pre-season, obviously, but we're working so hard on the pitch in the meeting room, you know, trying to put things right. And when you get that taste of the Premier League, although it ended in disappointment, you just want more. And now that everybody's been there, um, saw what it's all about, that's that's our goal. Like we shouldn't we shouldn't say it and we shouldn't be saying no, we'll go back up, but Everybody, everybody in this league wants to go to Premier League. That's there's no doubt about that, and we're no different. We've put ourselves in a good position just now, um, but we're only halfway through the season. Was there a point where the manager and everyone said, "Okay, we're drawing a line under the Premier League, and, and that is last season. We don't talk about it anymore"? Or was it a case? Do you constantly look back for lessons, or is it a case of right? That was last season. We're focused on what we're doing now. That was last season. Draw a line. Um, that was that was pretty quick. We said that. There's nothing we can do about that. That that's in the past. That's gone. Um, you know we don't come back to the championship and you know expect just to get back up because we've been there. 
we come back and we work harder than any other team in this league, which I feel we do, daily basis on Saturday. If you work harder than everybody else you're against, you give yourself a chance. And then with the quality we've got, we enhance that chance. And I think that's what we're doing. Um, we, we don't let our standards drop. The, the standard we set um, from, you know, from right throughout the club, the standards are set. And, you know, Stuart coming in, he's set these standards since he's come in the door. You know, it's not just us on the pitch. It's not just when we turn up to your clock on Saturday, it happens. You know, the, the work that goes on behind the scenes, you know, that standard's set and we need to keep driving these standards and demanding from each other. What have you noticed has changed in those demanded standards from the time you joined to now? When I joined, maybe, it's probably the wrong word, but maybe we're a bit hopeful that we would go on to do well, but now we demand it from each other. Like, we expect it. And you know we know the we know what's there. We know the quality that's there. So if you drop five percent off that, the guy next to you will let you know. Not in a bad way, but you know, it'll let you know. And that's and again, that's where the, that's where the togetherness and team spirit comes comes together. Because if you're not doing your job and somebody tells you, then it's it's not a bad thing. It's you know we know what to expect from each other. Um, and now that as I say, now that we've been to the Premier League and that's where everybody wants to get back to, we know what it takes to get there and we won't stop until we do. It's interesting that you say it's not just the responsibility of the manager to make sure everyone's performing to a standard. That culture is that everyone police, self-polices amongst the squad and, and holds each other to account. That's interesting. Yeah, I think you always need that in, in any team. And I think we've got a lot of them. That's that's a good thing. Um, we've got a lot of, you know, big characters. Um, we've got a lot of young boys who also know what it takes um, and sometimes, you know, they need told more than others. But, I mean, the, the mixture that we've got between that, that youth and experience and, you know, you know, the bigger characters and the mixture that we've got, that's another thing that Stuart and the manager look at. They don't just say, he's a good player, we'll, sell, we'll buy him, he's a good player, we'll bring him in. You know, they look at characters, they look at personality. That's, that's a big thing in football. And, um, you know, we've got the recipe that can that can be really successful again. The recipe, exactly. Um, at Scotland as well, like first major tournament in 22 years and you score the winning penalty against Israel and against Serbia. That must have been absolutely incredible. Yeah, that, that was a pretty pinch me moment, to be honest. The way we done it made it more special. You know, the penalties, nobody wants to, to have their nerve-wracking moments. But, you know, when you obviously won it and looking back on it it's, it's definitely more special we saw Ryan was it Ryan Christie's interview afterwards that was particularly well watched where he had tears in his eyes was he the only one who had a tear in the eye that night I think there was a few um, he's a pretty emotional little guy right to be fair so he was that was him most of the night as soon as he'd a beer in him he was away again but there was listen it was it was a big thing for everybody um, so everybody was pretty emotional just maybe not to his extent did you know you were going to be taking that fifth penalty? Had you planned that well in advance? Uh, no, not really. Um, the the Israel obviously leading up to the game, we we knew penalties was a possibility. Um, so before the Israel game, we worked on penalties. Well, we didn't really work after every training session. We would take a penalty each. That's what we done just to kind of get yourself ready for it. And um, leading up to the leading up to the Israel game, I actually scored every one and looked, you know pretty comfortably and 
when the when the penalties came about, obviously the manager said who who fancies a penalty. And I ended up fifth through. I don't I don't actually know how I ended up fifth, um, but it, it ended up working in my favour. And obviously I kind of I got the the glory as such. But you know we we scored we scored five out of five in the first game, and then obviously David Marshall saved one. And then the second game, we scored five as well, and then Marshall saved the winner. So it was, uh, it was, I mean, it was unbelievable. That must be something that you and Grant, that must be a real target for hopefully later on this year. Yeah, well, there's, um, there's obviously international games in, in March. So the, that's World Cup qualifiers. So hopefully we can go there and, you know, if we keep, performing for Norwich on a weekly basis. Hopefully we give ourselves the best best opportunity to to be in that squad. And then, you know, for the Euros, it's obviously going to be a big occasion for everybody. And, you know, both is obviously want to be there. So it's been three years since you joined Norwich. What is your overriding feelings of the club and what does it mean to you right now? I mean, we, as soon as you spend a few years at a club, it always, you know, it, it really takes to you. But for me, it took not too long for Norwich to really become special for me. Um, you know, I've been here three years and it's, it's I can't see, I've obviously just signed a contract at the start of the season because I can't see myself playing anywhere else right now. Um, my daughter's one year old. She she was born here, grew up here. You know, so we, we're really enjoying family life here as well, away from football, which is obviously important um, to be enjoying that. And it makes things obviously better on the pitch for me. So, um, you know, as a club, we continue to progress. Um, under the manager, under Stuart, you know, not just on the pitch, but throughout the whole club, everything's always going in the right direction. And, you know, hopefully we can just continue to do that. Absolutely. Long may it continue. Kenny, thank you so much for joining us on All in Yellow. It's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you today and all the best for the rest of the season. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Cheers, Kenny. It was great fun. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Well, that was a fascinating chat with one of Daniel Farker's main players really over the past couple of seasons, wasn't it, Dan? Yeah, Kenny's been a huge part of everything that's gone on here for the last couple of years. And it was nice to have a little bit of time to talk to him, especially enjoyed hearing about the obvious Mayor of Norwich incident and uh, perhaps his journey about how he ended up at Carroll Road. Yes, I loved hearing about his journey to the Euros as well, his um, heroics with Scotland. Make sure you subscribe if you want more podcasts like that one. We're on Spotify, Apple and YouTube. Just search All in Yellow. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.